to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And we want to welcome you again to Freedom to Choose and our series Parables and Object Lessons. And we're on program number 23 if you want to use that as a reference and come back uh, at a later date to our website, www.justasiamministries.com, and you can click on the resource uh, link there, and, and uh, there's all kinds of resources to, to go to, and this would be program number 23 for your reference if you want to get back to this Under one. Under the series. <laughs> Under the series, Parables and Object Lessons. Yes. Uh, Before we get started, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you once again for uh, the privilege and the honor to uh, talk about your principles of love and restoration, and we just pray that you'll send your spirit to be with us and all those who are listening, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, before we get going, uh, Susan, do you want to? Did you want to say something? Yes, there? we just want to give a shout out to South Sutter Charter School. They've been um, in existence since 2005, and they are providing parents and students with a high quality education partnership. It's a free, personalized learning uh, public charter school that it really cares about you and your child. They accept applications all year long. So if you'd like to get in touch with them, you can give them a call. That's South Sutter Charter School at 1-800-979-4436. Very good. I want to say hi to my friend Johnny over there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, last last time we talked about the fig tree. Mm-hmm. And this time we're going to go into the highways and the hedges. And, and today's program is based on Luke 14. And, and as we get into this thing, now remember, <clears throat> the the the, the uh, series is Parables and Object Lessons. So even though these are stories, they're parables. When we're talking about this feast, this is a metaphor. Mm-hmm. That they're in, it's a metaphor. So anyway, so Susan, Jesus is trying to teach try, a lesson. He's trying to teach a lesson through this story, a, a physical story. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. You know, like when someone says, "Like I'd love to come, but I'm 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 all tied up." Right. You know, oh, that's a metaphor for meaning that you can't make it. You got other things to do. So he's telling a story to to illustrate another point. And we're we're going to get in and and kind of really dissect that. Uh, this is a real fun one here. Uh, I think to get in and look at. Okay, so this is from Luke uh, 14, 16 through 24. And Jesus said, There was once a man who was giving a great feast to which he invited many people. When it came time for the feast, he sent his servants to tell his guests, Come, everything is ready. But they all began, one after another, to make excuses. The first, told, the first one told the servant, I have bought a field and I must go and look at it. Please accept my apologies. 
Another one said, I have bought five pairs of oxen and I am on my way to try them out. Please accept my apologies. Another one said, I have just gotten married and for that reason I cannot come. The servant went back and told all this to his master. The master was furious and he said to his servant, hurry out to the streets and the alleys of town, of the town and bring back the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Soon the servant said, your orders have been carried out, sir, but there is room for more. So the master said to the servant, go out into the country roads and lanes to make people come in so that my house will be full. I tell you all that none of those who were invited will taste my dinner. Wow. So let's, before we identify what the feast actually is, and uh, just a little hint, and we talked before, this is a metaphor, and we're talking about a feast, and if we apply another metaphor, Jesus is the bread of life, there's a little hint of what the feast is, but let's take a look at the excuses that are given for not attending. Now, the man who needed to go see his piece of ground, he'd already purchased it, so his urgency to go see it was due to the fact that his interest was absorbed in his purchase and not in the feast that he had already kind of said he was going to go to. Right, and I think that the man that uh, bought the oxen, um, too, had the the same thing going on in his life. He said he needed to try them out after he had bought them, um, just showed where his interests really were caught up in what he was doing day-to-day and not into the master's invitation. Yeah, you test drive a car before you buy it, not after, and so... He goes to test drive the oxen after he had bought them. It's a, it was already a done deal, so he could see he, he just wasn't interested. Right. You know? And, and the, the third excuse wasn't very reasonable either. The fact that uh, the invited guest had gotten married shouldn't have prevented him from going to the feast. His wife could also been, you know, she could have also came, and uh, she'd have been welcome. Also, he didn't ask to be excused. Remember, he said, I cannot come. I cannot was only a cover for the truth. The real truth was, I don't want to come. Now remember, when you read the parable carefully, all these guests were invited prior to them turning the invitation down. In other words, they had time to think about it. And let's go back to the beginning of the parable. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. And, and read that. Okay. Yeah, unless you want to read that. Yes. There, there was once a man who was giving a great feast to which he invited many people. When it was time for the feast, he sent his servant to, t- servant to tell his guests, come, everything is ready. He invited them first, then sent his servants to let them know that everything was ready. Right. See, so there's a gap between when they know they're invited. Mm-hmm. That's why I said earlier, they kind of, they didn't turn him down at that point. So, right. So, you know. Well, I think maybe, you know, and they, we, I think we'll, you know, get into it. Later is I think we like the invitation, but then when the rubber meets yeah. the road, maybe um, we have second thoughts on to whether, I mean, I, we like the gospel invitation, but when the practical reality set in. Well, when we talk about what the feast actually is, because right. like, uh, you know, we, we've said it before on this program, if I'm judged on my intentions, right. I got a halo around my head. The right. problem is, is I don't do... You know, it's a great idea to go... Um, make a decision to do something. Make a decision to do something, but then to go do it and actually follow through. Right, is something you, completely different. Right, and, we, and like I say, when we dig into what this feast actually is and the reality and the gravity of it, it's, it's, it's a big deal, mm-hmm. right? Now, 
so these other interests they 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 were what was absorbing the uh attention of the guests and so basically they shelved this invitation mm-hmm. and says that the uh the master of the feast was furious in the parable he i personally i think he was injured mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i think he was injured and mm-hmm. i think god's injured when we turn him down Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, because the dinner really represents the blessings that are offered through the gospel and through Jesus Christ himself. But what are those blessings? Is it new cars? Is it things like that? Or uh, Right, and see, and I think that is where we, you said the phrase earlier, where the rubber meets the road. See, Jesus is the bread that comes down from heaven, and by partaking of this bread of life, we can all recover from the damage that sin causes. But See, sin is not just something recorded in books. It happens in people. It changes us. It changes us to different people. And I think sometimes we do like to just know that we're forgiven, and then we just go on and continue to um, create more havoc and reap more damage in our lives. And that's not what the feast is about. Right, right. Right? Right, because when we, yeah. We'll get to the partaking of it. So the prophets of old had proclaimed the coming of the Messiah. They had pointed to Jesus as the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. That's John 1, 29. Jesus will take away our sinful and our exploitation, our, our, our selfishness and our exploitation of others if we allow him. Okay, and do we want that? Right, you know, that's because, the rubber, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the, because in the feast, God offers that greatest gift he can give, a gift that's beyond calculation. The love of God furnished the banquet. And remember, Jesus said, if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. That's John six fifty one. Right. But in order to accept the invitation to the gospel feast, we need to make our interests subordinate to the one purpose of trusting God and allowing him to change us. God gave all for us, and he asks us to place him above all of our selfish desires. That's true. When you love someone, you don't offer them half your heart, do you? The heart that's absorbed in everything but God won't have the capacity to be given up to God. Hmm. Right. Right? Yes. So this begs the question, why do we get so wrapped up in everything but God? And it's that one word that we keep going back to, and it's fear. We are, we're afraid our children won't get the proper education or, we're, or want to go to the college that we have picked out for them. We're afraid we are going to run out of money. We are afraid that we don't look good enough. We're afraid of being alone. We're afraid for our reputation. Yeah, you know, and I was listening to a podcast the other day about fears, you know, and they, they listed a few, and they resonated with me. One was fear of running out of time, mm-hmm. fear of not making a difference, Fear of failure, mm-hmm. fear of what others others think, fear of not having enough. And you can go down the list and you say, well, I really don't have those fears. But that if you want to look close enough, mm-hmm. if you want to look close enough, yes, then you will, you know, into your, what is really driving your decisions. Because mm-hmm. the gospel feast has nothing to do with some dinner in heaven. It's a metaphor. It has to do with the fact that we don't want to look Jesus in the face and to face our fears and walk if, or and even admit our fears, then face our fears and then look at the truth about ourselves and get well. That's what the gospel feast is about. Right. Behold, Be- I stand at the door and knock. If any man let me in, mm-hmm. I will sup with him. I will feast with him. 
let me in because the problem is I'm on the outside. Right. Yeah. But we would rather become absorbed in something, something else and anything else because, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth can't, for us is can we stand naked and unashamed like Adam before mm. the fall in front of God? Right. You know, are we going to shun the invitation to get well and run and hide and use those psychological fig leaves to hide our fears? Or can we can we trust our creator and our sustainer right. and the one who wants to heal us and be able to say, you know, here I am? But that's not what we do. No. Nope. We use those psychological fig leaves. Which would be, I've got to buy this. I need it. Right. I'm going to hold on to this anger and this resentment because it's serving me a purpose. Not, you know, we don't think consciously about that, but we do that. I'm going to keep my eyes on others to criticize. It makes me feel superior to them and, and better about myself. Or, or I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my work home at the risk of separating myself from my, from my family and, and their needs. We do all these little things. Mm-hmm. Right. We allow, we allow that to crowd into our lives. There's so many things that we worry about. But the, the thing is, is Jesus knew this, and he doesn't want us to stress that's why he gave us a priority list. He did. He gave us a priority list. Uh, you know, I heard, a, uh, I heard a speaker talk the other day about, you know, he asked the audience, he said, how many of you, when you were a child, wanted a bike? You knew that would make you happy. And they raised their hand and, mm-hmm. yeah, are you happy now? Didn't do it, did it? Right. How many, if you, you know, if you married this person or if you this or if you that, if you got that car, it would make you happy, mm-hmm. you know, didn't do it, did it? Because happiness is different. Happiness comes from the inside. You can't buy happiness. You can't. Another person it. can't fill it. Well, only, only Jesus can fill your heart, but another person, another human being, right. you know, can't be that ultimate fulfillment in your life. It's an inside job. Right. And see, pleasure and happiness are two different things. Yeah, a new mm-hmm. car might bring you pleasure. Mm-hmm. A new bike might bring you pleasure. That's temporary. That's the outside. But happiness is an inside job. And that only comes from looking at Jesus in the eye mm-hmm. and saying, you know what? Go deep on me. Make me clean. Mm-hmm. You know, find those hidden fears and why I'm doing what I'm doing. At least, you know, and, and you know, it's we don't want to do that. Right. We, I mean, our nature is we want to run from those. Well, problems. our nature is is that we want we want to hold on to those roots of those deep seated bad character traits yeah. that are harming us and other people, and we just don't want them dug out. We, and it's just fear, you know. Yeah. It's fear of, well, you know, like we've the list before. I won't be accepted, or I won't, you know, I won't make as much money, or yeah. you know, I'll, I don't have enough time. I'm, you know, it just is so much that we go through as human beings. Yeah. Yeah, so that, so this priority list that he he says, he that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and that he loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That's Matthew ten thirty seven. It's not because he doesn't want us to love our family and our friends, but he wants us to know that loving them, truly loving them, is a byproduct of loving him. Because if we really love him, the only person that we will be interested in changing is the only one that we have a chance to change, and that's us. We can't change anyone else, but if we change, then the byproduct of that 
is that others might change also. And, you know, we've talked about it before, how that, you know, that, um, you know, what's part of the good news, the part of the part of the good, the great <laughs> news is that you're the pro that yeah, we are the problem, yeah. which which is fantastic, because that's what I learned out when I got clean and sober, you know, I was always blaming other people. It was this person, it was the police, the probation, you know, if everybody would just leave me alone and to come to the realization that I was the problem. It's the best news in the world it's because the best you can news. do something about exactly, that. Exactly, because you can actually continue to spiral downward or you can make choices and decisions and you can be aided by the power and direction of God to go in a different direction. And that that's that's an un, unbeatable yeah. team. It's by heeding the invitation to that feast. Right. That's an yep. ongoing daily. For everybody. He's knocking at the door right. every day right. saying, let me in again today. Right. Let me in. You know, we've got it. We've got to walk through the same fears every day. But, mm-hmm. you know, courage is not running from your fears. Courage is facing your fear. Right. And walking through right. them. And that's why you have all those wonderful stories about, uh, you know, Daniel and the lion's yeah. den and the three Hebrews that walked in the, through the fire. God said, let, let me come be that person that walks with you. Walks with you through Instead it. of us shaking and fearing and going through it on our own and, and um, um, you know, not being disappointed every time. Yeah, for me, hiding in a bottle or a bag. Whatever right. I could hide in, it didn't matter. Right. You know? Yep. And so in the parable, Jesus is showing us how difficult it is to find the guests for the supper that he's providing. And so this is a metaphor, and Jesus is the bread of life. The actor's actions in the parable show that the worldly possessions, riches, and pleasures were all absorbing. With one consent, they had all made excuses. That's right. And see, fear will drive us to place temporal interests above the things of eternity. The blessings that we've received from God have become a barrier that separates us from God. We don't want to be interrupted. We're busy. We're busy. We're busy. We, you know, we've got a lot going on. And I, if you've got the busies, the busies are separating you from God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And I've learned, you know... I. You look up and three days have gone by. Right. And the busies have really separated me. I go, oh, yeah, I got a ton of stuff done. Did I get it done? Where was God? Right. Did I remember the real important things in those three days? Mm-hmm. Right, because I think a lot of times we can get a lot of stuff done, but what about the people, the people. That, the people that we ran over it's on the way? It's about the people. Right. It's about the people. Right. In our, in our effort to get things done, a lot right. of times we bowled people over. So... Um, in the parable, the giver of the feast learned how his invitation had been treated, and he became angry. Uh, and being angry, he said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. You know, the host turned from those who despised his invitation and invited those who were poor and hungry and who would really appreciate the offer. You know, the publicans and the harlots said, uh, Jesus said, go into the kingdom before you. And that's Matthew twenty-one thirty-one. You know, however messed up we might become, we're never too low, too wretched for the notice of the love of God. Even though men may look down on the less fortunate, Jesus longs to have the careworn, the weary, the oppressed human beings come to him, doesn't uh, he? Yes, Jesus longs to give us the light and joy and peace that are to be found nowhere else but in him. 
The most sinful are the objects of his deep, earnest pity and love. He sends his Holy Spirit to yearn over us with tenderness, seeking to draw us to himself. That's right. That's right. You know, when the servant that brought in the poor and the blind, he reports to his master, it's done as you commanded, and yet there is still room. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house might be filled. That's right. The Bible says that in the last days, men will be absorbed in all different kinds of pursuits, and in doing this, they will be blind to eternal realities. Jesus says, as in the days of Noah were, so shall also the Son of Man be, for coming the coming of the Son of Man be, for as in the days of Noah before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And that's Matthew 24. You know, um, and I don't know about you, when we were just talking a little bit ago about the busies, and you, you know, you can, I mean, you can get lost in emails. You can get Ugh, lost in right. texts. Mm-hmm. You can get lost in all of this stuff. That's Housework. All, yeah, all this stuff that's going mm-hmm. on around you. Television. Yeah, there's so much. Right. You to, know, to to get and the thing is, is sometimes you can crave or gravitate towards that zoning out on the on the on the screen of your choosing. Uh, uh, yeah, screen of your choosing. It, whether it's a HD television screen or an oh, iPad screen or, or a, phone a phone screen or a... You know, we can almost just say, I want to gravitate to that and 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 go into that land for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and so there's there's so, so many distractions mm-hmm. right now right. that now more than ever, I think that we we need to be talking to God about, you know... What, what, what is it? What do you, I'm trying to think of, you know, most of the time when I pray, I'm asking for God to help me, but very rarely do I ever ask, you know, what help do you need today, God? Mm, What do mm -hmm. you need me to do? Mm -hmm. And I think that- How can I serve you? Yeah, exactly. In other words, I'm asking him to, most of the time to help me with my agenda. Right. Right? Right. What's his agenda? Right. When, that's feasting with him, knowing, you know, that's coming to the, that's partaking of the bread of life is knowing what his agenda is and, 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 and partnering up with him on that agenda. Right. It reminds me when Jesus says, you're no longer my friends, you're no longer my servants, I call you my friends because a servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but because you're my friends, we're in this together. Together, yeah. Right. Servant just says, yeah, what do you, what do you what yeah. It, yes, sir. Yeah, no, yes, sir. sir, no, sir. You very well, sir, yes. yes. And, and the servant just does what he's told. But a friend is really, you know, when you have a good friend, you're, you're in it together and your purposes are the same and your goals are understood. Yeah, you're, you're involved. You're involved deeply, and and so I I can I can tell now even just in having this discussion that that uh, in order for me to be more involved in the master's business, I think my prayer life needs to change. It needed needs to be altered. In other words, God, I know I have an agenda today, but what is your agenda? Help today? me to set that aside and and tell me what yours. Yeah, is. Give yeah, give me the give me the wherewithal to do that because right. I, I'm marching on right now, and I you know I've got. You know, when I wake up in the, for the day, yeah, yeah. When I wake up in the morning, my prayers are somebody help me, right, right, right. Not who can I help, right. And I think that that's a hundred and eighty degree shift. That that uh, 
I know for myself, it, it needs to be made. Right. You know, and I and I know that, and I can't say my life depends on it, but who knows how many lives could, you know, if, mm-hmm. if because the servant, remember, there's a servant that goes out mm-hmm. and he's inviting, right? right? Somebody's got to be doing that. And that's, that's right? what we're called to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So this servant, he keeps coming back with, you know, he's bringing some people back, but he's saying it. And then the master's saying, there's more room. There's more room. Yeah. So, hey. There's more room. Right. We need to make the invitation. Yeah, we need to make the invitation. Yes. Now, uh, you can get these programs, once again, like I said, on our website, www.justasiamministries.com. And you can also shoot us a call at 916-645-1297. And uh, we have workbooks we can send out. We have uh, other resources. And uh, and so just uh, give us a call and uh, drop us a line. And... Got to head out now, folks, so remember there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to, to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do I love them? Can I feel his pain and his Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 